This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I am your host, William Jackson, and I am again super excited because we have another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. And today is a monumental day in history. Today is a day where businesses and organizations have circled this day on the calendar all around the globe. This is a day of monumental impact. I'm not sure if you know what today actually is and what it means. But this is a day that people around the world have invested, have prepared for, and are anticipating a radical shift in our global economic system. Today, today is in fact Quitter's Day. Yes, you heard me right. Today is classified as Quitter's Day. Now, some of you may be like me, how I was when I first heard the term Quitter's Day. What is Quitter's Day? I'm so glad you asked because that's what we're going to talk about today. Quitter's Day refers to a phenomenon observed annually every year where a significant number of people abandon their New Year's resolutions. It is considered around the second Friday in January is when people quit on the promises they made to themselves. The term was coined by Strava, a social fitness network, based on their analysis of user activity data. It is such an impactful day that they have coined it globally as a day where everyone quits on the promises they made to themselves. This is January. It's 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 the first month of the year. And this is the time where everybody is making promises, where they're excited, where people are saying, I am going to commit to eating healthier and working out. And I'm going to commit to spending more time with my family. I'm going to commit to building that business that I've always wanted to build. And I'm, I'm going to make a commitment to better myself, mind, body, soul, and spirit. This is the time where everybody says, I want to be better. It's a new year. It's a new me. I know you've heard it. New year, new you. And everybody makes these elaborate claims of what they're going to do this year. Goals are awesome to have. But the vast majority of people who made a commitment to themselves on an average of two weeks in have abandoned the same promise that they've made to themselves. Today is known as Quitter's Day. Around the world, just let that sink in for a moment. The terminology, the title, 
that this is a day where people quit. This is a day where people throw in the towel. This is the day. So I'm so glad that you tuned into this episode because this is not your day to quit. You are not a quitter. And I'm going to give you some tools, some strategic moments and application to apply to your life that is going to make sure that you safeguard everything that you're building to prevent you from slipping into a place where you give up on the commitments and the promises that you made to yourself. They say this is quitters day. But guess what? We are not quitters. When life happens, which it will, and it makes you want to say, well, it didn't work because a lot of what happens is we live in this microwavable generation where everything has to happen immediately. And so people set goals for things to change immediately. And when things don't change and when it doesn't seem like it's getting any easier, what happens is people tend to say, you know what? I'll just let that go. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know if I want to keep trying to push myself and I don't really know if I want to keep trying to make a difference and do something out of the norm because it's uncomfortable. They say this is quitters day. Now, first, before we even get to the. The things that you can apply to your life that will make sure that you don't give up on the commitments and the promises that you made to yourself. We first got to look at why most people quit, because there are several factors that contribute to why people give up on their resolutions, on the promises that they've made to themselves, on their commitments. There are several factors that contribute to it. So let's take a look at a few of these. Let's take a look at a few of them. The first one, the main one where that applies to people's lives that makes them get to a place where they give up on their commitments, their New Year's resolutions, I believe is unrealistic goals. Unrealistic goals. Setting overly ambitious or unrealistic goals can lead you to a place of frustration and disappointment. When people realize that achieving your goals requires more effort or time than you initially allocated or anticipated. What happens? We end up losing motivation. So we set unrealistic goals. We say things like, I want to lose 30 pounds in 10 days. What? I want to break a habit that I've had for 47 years in two weeks. Something that you have ingrained within your identity of who you are. You've built your life around certain systems and certain operating mechanisms. And, and we think that I can just flip the switch overnight. And if I can't flip it overnight, then I might as well just revert back to it. But was the goal realistic? So let's start there. Most people give up on the commitments that they've made to themselves because their goals were not realistic. Because they made goals that were too ambitious. What's the next thing where we can look at as to why a contributor as to why people give up on their goals or their commitments to themselves? It's a lack of planning. Lack of planning. 
Because people set goals and we don't stop and take inventory of the fact that this goal requires a plan in order for it to manifest in in form of progress. That a goal without a plan is only a wish. If I set a goal and I don't have a plan to achieve it, I'm just hoping, I'm just wishing that it'll somehow happen. And goals do not make themselves come to pass. The goal is the blueprint. That's like an architect designing a house. And after the design is complete, rolling up the blueprints, sitting them in the corner, and going and staring at the open lot, wondering why nothing is being built. Standing on the empty lot, on the dirt, getting frustrated. Why isn't the ground being broken? Why is there no foundation being laid? I designed it. The blueprints are done. But the blueprint does nothing unless you pair it with the right plan and the right people who are able to make this goal, this design a reality. So people have a lack of planning. Most individuals, they set resolutions without a clear plan. Without a roadmap, without a design. And it becomes challenging to stay on track when you don't have a plan. People feel overwhelmed. And a lot of times, if we're being honest, we're unsure of where to start. When you don't have a plan in place, it becomes very challenging. If you are trying to prioritize your health without a plan, it becomes very challenging when you have work, when you have practices, when you have recitals, when you have certain responsibilities, when you have people who are relying on you, when you have a family, it becomes very difficult when you're trying to juggle everything that you are already doing and trying to add an additional goal that's going to require additional time, additional planning, and additional space. So a lack of planning. What's another reason why most people give up on their resolutions and their commitments? Because a lack of immediate results. Like I said, some resolutions, they involve making significant lifestyle changes. If you have been a certain way for 30 years, for 15 years, for five years, if you have been a specific way for a certain amount of time, You cannot turn the Titanic on a dime. You have to slowly turn a large cruise ship. And it looks like you're not moving in a different direction when you're making slow incremental changes. But if you don't have a plan that involves a strategy to make significant lifestyle changes that are going to be lasting, when people don't see the immediate results, they become discouraged. And then they question themselves and the effectiveness of their efforts. So if I don't see immediate results, then what happens? I start to question if I should have ever started this or 
I start beating myself up to say, well, see, I can't lose weight. Then you start planting those seeds of doubt in your mind and in your heart. See, I tried it. It didn't work. I might as well just keep doing what I know. I've been this way my whole life. And what happens? We stay in these vicious cycles and we continue to do the same thing over and over and over again because we don't see the results immediately. What's another reason? Another reason why people give up because of external stressors. The things that are happening around us, the things that are happening to us, the things that happen when life happens. It's hard to stay committed to the things that you said that you were going to do. And that's just honest. That's true. It's hard to stay committed when things start happening. When when you face external factors like work related stress, family issues, unexpected life events. Listen. We were preparing for Christmas and about a week before Christmas, we had two tires blow out. Now, thank God that it didn't happen on the highway, but imagine you're a week before Christmas. I think it was just a few days before Christmas. And now we have to shell out a unexpected $600 to get two tires replaced. When things happen, when life happens, it can contribute to individuals abandoning their resolutions. These stressors, they can shift our priorities and make it difficult to focus on your personal goals, especially if you have people counting on you. It's difficult for people who are selfless and who care for other people to stop and make a what what appears to be a selfish decision to focus on themselves because they have so many people that are relying on them. When the best thing that you could ever do is become a better you. The best thing that you could ever do for your spouse, for your children, for your business, for your friends, for you. The best thing that you could ever do is become a better you. What's another thing in terms of why people give up? Lack of accountability. I'm going to be very honest with you. Without a support system or someone to hold you accountable, it is easier to give up and throw in the towel. It's easy. But when you start sharing your goals, when you start sharing the, the things that you are working on with people, And you know that they're going to circle back and ask you about the progress. And you know they're going to circle back and ask you, how's it going? It's harder to give up on that goal. Because then you have someone holding you accountable. And accountability is what puts us in a place where we can continue to stay consistent. That's why trainers are so important. That's why having a coach is so important. That's why having someone who can give you practical tools and insight, having someone that can give you a plan that can help you develop the strategy, having someone that can come alongside you to say, hey, you're entering into a new space. This is how you operate in this area. It's vital. 
It's vital. And what's the last one? I'm going to give you one more. What's the, what's the last one I'm going to give you as to why a lot of people give up on their resolutions or the commitments that they made to themselves or others? This is a big one. Perfectionism. Perfectionism. The pursuit of perfection can be a major obstacle. Individuals who set unrealistically high standards for themselves think that any deviation from the plan is a failure. That anything that doesn't go according to the plan being perfect, they are more likely to abandon their resolutions and their commitments. Anything, if you say that the plan is, I'm going to work out five days a week at 5.30, a perfectionist will get down on themselves Because they went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 5.30 but couldn't get there until 6.15 on Friday. Which cut their workout short. Which then registers as a failure. Listen, it is great to always strive to do things perfect. But when you are a perfectionist, you have unrealistically high standards. It's great to have high standards and to hold yourself in a place where you're always challenging yourself. It is not great to have a unrealistically high standard that you will never reach because you are setting yourself up for failure. And when it comes across as a failure to a perfectionist. That's when the snowball starts. That's when the spiral happens. And then that failure causes the perfectionist to either push themselves harder or to just completely withdraw. And when you push yourself harder in a place where you have now over pushed yourself, that's when we reach burnout. That's when you risk injury because the perfectionist pushes themselves past the limit. So how, 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 Do we make this day and the rest of our lives quitter proof? Yes, quitter proof. I am coining the phrase. I am putting it on T-shirts. I am quitter proof. How do we get to a place where we make our lives quitter proof? I'm going to give you three things that you can apply to your life that will help you Quitter proof everything that you do. Quitter proof your relationships. Quitter proof your business. Quitter proof your resolution. Quitter proof your goals. The first thing, first thing that we need to do is we need to redefine our why. Redefine your why. What do I mean by that? When we start talking about unrealistic goals, Most people set goals that are either surface or symptomatic. Let me say that again. Most people set either surface goals or symptomatic goals. What does a surface goal look like? I want to lose 20 pounds because I want to look good on the beach. Good goal. Surface. What does a symptomatic goal look like? When we are creating goals based on the symptoms of the moment, I want to get in shape because I want to feel better about myself. 
It's a symptomatic goal. Now, what's the problem with symptomatic goals? Symptomatic goals last as long as the symptom is in crisis state. As soon as you feel better or someone makes you feel comfortable where you are, the desire for the goal decreases. So as long as I'm in the state where when I'm looking at myself, I'm frustrated and I'm aggravated and I just need a change and I need a change and I need a change because of how I'm feeling in this moment. That's in crisis state. When I'm desperate, that's that's when my my goals, my symptomatic goals are in crisis state. And then I'll say, I need to make a change right now. But then as soon as someone comes along and says, you know what? Hey, you, you're too hard on yourself. You look great. I love you just the way you are. Hey, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to beat yourself up. Look at all the progress that you made last year. As soon as people come and you start to feel better about it and you ease out of crisis state, then you start to say, well, you know, maybe I don't have to push myself as hard. Yeah, maybe I do deserve some chocolate cake. Maybe I, I do deserve to, to dive into the things that make me feel good right now. A surface goal and a symptomatic goal are easily swayed when the situation changes. But you have to redefine your why so that it goes deeper beyond the surface level and the current moment. Saying, I want to lose 20 pounds because I want to look good on the beach or I want to lose 20 pounds because I want to feel better about myself right now is completely different from saying, I want to lose 20 pounds so that I can have the energy to run around with my grandchildren. I want to lose 20 pounds so that way I can be in a place where I can have the energy and the flexibility and the dexterity to get down and play with my children. When they say, Daddy, can you get down here and race cars with me? I want to be able to say yes. When they want to go out and race in the backyard, I want to be able to go with him. I want to lose 20 pounds because this this business that I'm building, I want to have the energy to be able to push it to the level that it needs to be pushed in order to experience the success that I desire to experience. I don't want to cap my ability to be able to open up locations. I don't want to be able to, I I, I don't want to cap my ability to be able to produce on a high level. I need to lose 20 pounds because I want to live a long life. Because high blood pressure runs in my family, because I I, I struggle with certain things and aspects. I want to I want to be healthy. I don't want to be stuck and confined to a wheelchair. That's a deeper why. And when you have a deeper why, when you redefine it. When you have a deeper why, it pushes you to a place where you can get the maximum results out of where you are. Because your reason behind what you're doing is greater than any surface level or any symptom. So you got to create goals and redefine your why. That establishes goals that are not surface or symptomatic level. What's the next thing? So that's the first thing. Redefine your why. The second thing in order to quitter proof your life. 
is to re-identify your what. When we talked about unrealistic goals, go back. If it didn't work, if it was too hard, if it was out of reach, if you felt like there was no way that you could accomplish it, don't just abandon the goals altogether because that's what people do. That didn't work. Hey, I tried to work out. It didn't work. So I'm never going to do anything else. No, go back and re-identify your what. Was my goal realistic? Did I set something that was too much out of my reach? Did I set a goal that was too great for me to accomplish? Was my goal realistic? Go back and re-identify. What's the goal? Was my goal smart? A lot of you may have heard this in terms of business. Are your goals smart as an acronym? S-M-A-R-T. Are your goals specific? Define exactly what kind of goal you want and exactly what you want to see happen. Don't just have general goals, have specific goals. I want to lose this amount of weight by this time. I want to have a certain credit score by this time. Because when you give yourself a specific guideline, a specific goal, you are one step closer as to achieving that thing. Just saying, I want to lose weight or I want to make more money, or I want to have better credit, or I want to have a better marriage. That's too broad. It's too general. Got to be specific. What's the M? Is it measurable? Is your goal measurable? How do you make it measurable? Create a timeline or time frame or checkpoints that you can actually gauge if you are working towards that goal. Can you measure it? How can you measure if you are working on your marriage to be a better marriage and your relationship to be better? How can you measure that? Well, I'm going to set up checkpoints where we're going to have discussions at this time where we're going to have recaps. We're going to say, hey, you know, this has been three weeks. How is it going? What can I do? What can I improve? You're going to set up moments, make it measurable, create spaces where you are soliciting feedback. So you got to make it measurable. Is the goal attainable? That's the A. Is it attainable? Measurable goals that fit realistic time frames and resources. Is it attainable? If you're saying, hey, this year I want to buy a Bugatti. Well, that car is over a million dollars. And if I'm living in an apartment right now and I don't have access to those types of funds, that goal might not be attainable. So is it attainable? What's the R? Is it relevant? A realistic description of how doing something measurable and attainable will let you achieve something else, such as having more investment, money, more time with your family, more hobbies. When you are creating realistic descriptions, It puts you in a place to make your goal that you're establishing connect to your why and to the reasoning behind it and your life. Because if what I'm setting a goal is not relevant to anything that I'm building, if I am a athlete, right, 
And I have built my life in a space where my life is consumed of eating healthy and working out and going through my regimen and becoming the best athlete I can possibly be. When I set a goal to say, I want to open a petting zoo. While it may be a great goal, it is not relevant to my direction. So now I am trying to go in two opposing directions and then one of them is going to suffer because it's not relevant to where I'm going. So I got to make goals that are in the direction of my flow of life. And then what's the T? Time-based. Now, this is similar to being measurable, but time-based, this lets you define the time frame in which you'd like to achieve different parts of the overall goal. So this is when it's time-based, you're setting out your checkpoints, your markers. Okay, if my goal is to lose 50 pounds, okay, at month three, this is the checkpoint. This is where I want to be. So then at month three, I can gauge if I'm on cue or in stride with the progress that I want to achieve, right? So all your goals, when you're re-identifying your what, is your goal a smart goal? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. So that's the second thing, right? And you may have to go back, get your notes, write all this stuff down, apply it to your life. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. So the first thing I have to do is redefine my why. The second thing I have to do is re-identify my what. What's the third thing? You have to reaffirm your who. Reaffirm your who. What do I mean by that? Who is going to be your accountability partner? Because a lot of times we'll make goals and people will know them, but you aren't connected to the people who are going to hold you explicitly accountable to the things that you said, to the things that you wrote, to the things that you desire. So you got to reaffirm your who you got to go back and, and create a space where you are connecting with people who you have accountability to because accountability limits your ability to relapse. Accountability limits your ability to abandon your commitment to yourself. Even when people are coming out of correctional facilities, you can't just go out and and when you are getting back into a situation where you're now being exposed back to society, you can't just go out on your own. You got to have somebody that you're going to live with. When people who are trying to recover from addictions and you're coming out of rehab, you can't just go back into life as usual. No, you got to have a partner. You got to have a plan because when you have somebody who is there with you, it limits your ability to relapse and abandon the decision that you have made. Here's the truth. Immediate change may be created alone, but lasting change is created in community. I'm going to say that again. Immediate change may be created alone, but lasting change is created in community. You are not a quitter. When life happens, and I can bet my bottom dollar that life has thrown 
many of blows your way. Twists and turns created spaces where you felt like giving up, where you doubted, where you didn't know, you don't understand. But you are not a quitter. This is not your day to throw in the towel. This is not your day to give up. This is your day to redefine your why, re-identify your what, reaffirm your who, and get back in the race. You may be tired. It may be difficult. When you are making lifestyle changes, it is difficult. Absolutely. But just because it's difficult does not mean that you don't have everything you need in order to make the changes that you want to see. But you got to be willing to not be in a space where you are giving up on your commitments. People around the world make resolutions. But you, my friend, are making lifestyle changes that are not just going to affect everything that you're doing and everything that you're building, but the changes that you make today are literally reverberating in your bloodline for the generations that come behind you. When they write stories about you in the generations that are to come after you, they are going to say they didn't quit. They didn't give up. They didn't throw in the towel. And because they didn't, neither will I. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time.